This is the Open to Alchemy podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Ivey. I'm so excited to have you here joining these conscious conversations about the transformation that's possible for all of us. My approach to spirituality has always been part woo and part work. So in this podcast, we talk about all the incredible spiritual modalities and add in a bunch of practical things that really make it fit into our lives. I can't wait for you to join me. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Open to Alchemy podcast. I am here with Laura Inslee, who is the creator behind Charging Sky Consciousness. She is a crystal enthusiast, jewelry maker. She does intuitive readings and has all kinds of other cool things happening. And I'm so excited to chat with you. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited. This has been something a long time in the making. (laughs) Yes. We were chatting before I hit record that we were scheduled multiple different times and it's just really beautiful to get to the place where we can check in with each other, honor each other's energy and, you know, give people permission, whether it be yourself or the other person that you're exchanging energy with to just check in and say like, I, I, today's not the day, or I've got other things going on. And I hope that we continue as a society <laughs> to honor each other's energy a little bit more. And and speak about our own energy. I feel like that's something that people are just really stepping into saying, I don't even have to make an excuse. Like, I just don't feel like it. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, I'm an empath. So I absorb people's energy like crazy. <laughs> and so it's, it's pretty liberating to one, realize that that's what's happening to you. And it's not just you and your energy just going crazy all the time and then being able to find ways to manage it. And so, I mean, multiple things happened this morning where my energy was like, okay, I could easily absorb this right now and I'm starting to, but no, 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 I'm not going to, I'm going to stay in my peace and (laughs) let that go and deal with it later. And I'm going to just recenter myself and and move forward. So it's a great spot to be in. That is so good. Okay. So tell me how you first started to feel like you were an empath. Number one, I love that you just owned it. It has taken me a long time to, to wear that role. I think that I was like, I'm not, I'm not an empath. I don't know. I think that I have a negative connotation with it because I do feel like some of the language that you hear feels almost, you know, I always knew that I was sensitive. I always was told I was a sensitive kid. I've always been the sensitive friend, but there's something about that that has felt unpleasant or uncomfortable. And it's just now in the past few years that I'm starting to own that. So I'm curious your journey to to empathic freedom, what that's been like. (laughs) Well, I mean, I can 100% relate. Always been the sensitive kid. Was told I was too sensitive, uh, would cry all the time. I'm even getting emotional thinking about it just because, you know, that really affects you when you're a child, when you're being told that you're too much of something. Yeah. You feel like um, there's something wrong with you or that you're supposed to toughen up or not supposed to have these feelings or not supposed to take these stuff in. And that's the only way you know how to be. You're not doing something on purpose. Like that's, I think a misconception for people that aren't as sensitive. They feel like we're being dramatic. Like we're making it up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I, I fought so hard growing up, like trying to hold it down. And it's interesting because the way I, I came to acknowledging that I am an empath myself was because of my son, my older son. I always felt that he was very intuitive and always wanted to gauge the room before he made his um, opinions known. And I thought that's really interesting. Like he wants to make sure everybody else is comfortable before he says whatever it is that's being asked of him. So I read this book by Judith Orloff and I want to say it's the 
empath's survival guide or, or something like that. Something like uh, that. I haven't read yeah. that, but that's so funny because I don't know how well known she is, but I've read a different book by her. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she is like the, you know, empath's hero. And so in the book, I was listening to it in the car and there was a checklist and it was like, okay, you might be an empath if A, B, C, D, all these things. And I was like, yep, checking it off for my son. Like, yeah, definitely. Oh, this could also be my daughter. And then I was like, wait a minute. Hmm, this is definitely me. (laughs) And the more that I looked into it, she talks about energy vampires, people in your life that just suck and drain all of the energy out of the room because they have such big and overpowering personalities and you can't be with them too long as an empath. I I was able to quickly identify those people and I started looking for ways to manage having, you know, this happen all the time. And I think that that was probably a couple years ago. And ever since it's just been this awesome freeing journey of being able to talk about it more being able to help other people manage it. And I mean, really for my own sanity, managing it myself. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. So when you said that you felt things coming up this morning, what does that feel like in your energetic body? Are there certain physical points? Are there certain chakra entries? I'm curious because again, everybody is different and it's just so valuable for people to share their experiences yeah it's definitely throat chakra and heart chakra I it's also it's also solar plexus and that's kind of where I get stuck with that kind of energy and then I mean really it's everything my body kind of goes into shock and it's hard for me to focus on other things and it takes practice so much practice to be able to recenter yourself because I know that specific people trigger me and I I know that in advance (laughs) so if I if I see something whether it's a word or a text or you know something I'm like okay do I have the capacity to really work through this right now if I don't then I just won't even go there but I do always initially feel that trigger from mm-hmm. the past that like my body kind of, it's like a shock. Basically. Yeah. It's like your body remembers that, that reaction. Yeah. Even if you know that now you can move through it differently, it's still that initial, which is, I guess, a little tell, right? A little clue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's, yeah. <laughs> here's a place to spend some time. <laughs> but Definitely. I think it's so valuable that you shared that because I, I feel like we're in this place where every message needs to be responded to right away. We need to check our emails a thousand times a day. You need to keep up with all the social. And I'm starting to come to exactly where you are that because I'm so much more clued into my sensitivity, I'm finally allowing myself the place and space to say, I know where this is going to go, or I know this is going to pull me off, you know, the vibration that I'm at right now, or whatever it is. And I, nothing is going to happen if I don't reply to that right now. If I don't look at that today, if I, if I don't get to it until next week, there's nothing that's going to happen. And that's just all the conditioning that we're all taking on right now, that everything is urgent everything is immediate. Everything is just this level of, I don't know, importance or just like emergency. Yeah. Emergency. (laughs) It's like, it's not, it's, it's not a crisis. It's just a text. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Let me see how I feel about this. Let me check in before I just so freely give my energy out to people. Definitely. I, I think that too, you know, there's this thing divine timing and truly things happen when they're supposed to happen. You're always where you're supposed to be, wherever you are. And so with the example of the texting, if somebody texts me and they're expecting a response right away, if I don't get to it, 
I wasn't really meant to get to it <laughs> for whatever reason. And I'm okay with that. I think before it was like, oh no, oh my gosh, what are they going to think of me? You know, and all of these scenarios would be going through my head like, oh my gosh, I, I feel like they're going to hate me now because I didn't get back to them right away. Or, you know, they must think that I'm a flake or that I'm, you know, whatever it is. And I finally came to the realization that, I mean, if they do think that, that's on them. That's not my intention at all. I was just doing something else and couldn't get to it at that moment. Yeah, right. And and you have no responsibility for how they take it or turn it or twist it or internalize it. Again, it's this element, I think, of growing up feeling that being selfish meant only caring about yourself and not caring about others when really it's okay for ourselves to be the priority. And I'm curious how you think about that as it relates to motherhood, because I also have two two lovely beings that I've <laughs> that I've brought into the physical world and it's a constant dance of prioritizing myself being an example to them that you're able to make your own decision you can do you can join this group or not join this group you can check in with yourself and see how you feel that yes you want to you know be social or be kind or be whatever but it's also okay to honor your own energy as it relates to the community that you're building. Yeah, I actually have four kids that range between the ages of two and 17. Wow, so. <laughs> okay, so this is, now this is where I start to take notes because I only have the two that are right in between at nine and 12. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really interesting because all of my kids are in you know, a very different part of growing up and or phase. And so it's hard because I didn't get into this state of awareness until my oldest, you know, was already in teens and or or pretty much there. And then that that whole high school <laughs> age is hard. It's hard for the child. It's hard for the parent. And they've, they've already come to the realization inside themselves that they know everything. So trying to help them through situations is very challenging because you're constantly being, you know, met with opposition. The the preteen is a little bit more impressionable still and kind of wants to hear out what you're saying about managing things because they're both um I think all of my kids are but he's a little bit like also suspect mm -hmm. of everything. So, you know, wants to figure out things on his own but like also kind of curious as to what I have to say, but won't 100% take it in. And then the little kids, I mean, I have a four-year-old and she is just all about the crystals, all about the cards yeah. and all about, like she had Play-Doh and she was holding Play-Doh up. And I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, well, I'm seeing if it's safe for me to go into this cave. <laughs> as if it was a oh pendulum right oh that's amazing and so that was really cool and then of course the two-year-old's just like a bulldozer running around but it's it's just it's just so amazing I mean our kids are our teachers you know like oh each God, one it's exhausting <laughs> though I'm like how many things do I need to learn in a day with you people <laughs> totally yeah, no, but it's definitely true. And it, I'm so curious to see how it evolves because you wonder that if they have their own soul, they have their own soul contracts, they have their own lessons to learn. They've obviously chosen us for a reason. And so you, I hope that 
the guidance, the awakening that I've had, the understanding, the remembrance really that I've had is also happening to serve them and also happening to serve their, their growth and their experiences. And also they need to learn the things on their own. So it's kind of an interesting thing that how much can we impact? How much can we affect what is their path and their free will and, and all the ways that they are supposed to grow and develop? And, you know, especially I've never dug into any past lifetimes with my kids, but if we have been together before that, what that relationship was like and how that knowledge would inform the relationship that we have now, now I'm the parent and they're the kid, but maybe before we've been siblings, maybe before they've been my boss, they certainly feel like they're my boss now sometimes. You know, it's funny that you say that because my four-year-old my youngest or not youngest but my youngest daughter maybe a year ago she just like (laughs) matter-of-factly said oh you know when you and and sis were married and I was like that makes so much sense (laughs) (laughs) about my teenage daughter who I mean she she's very challenging for me personally we have a a relationship that's challenging and so I was like oh okay I could see where that that makes sense and then at another point my four-year-old was like oh yeah when I was a dog (laughs) I'm like oh okay that's I don't know but I thought that was really funny because she's just she is very much like a puppy (laughs) in a lot of ways she's so beautiful that she's so open right now and so tapped in I don't know if you saw that I think it was Netflix I think it was called surviving death something like that and there was an episode on reincarnation and they had kids on there who had such deep intimate memories of their past lives and we're sharing details about these these previous experiences that you could never ever make up and connecting them with people who were relatives of the people that had deceased it's just incredible so that's phenomenal that she's awake in that way right now and still remembering it and tapping into it and that you're able to see that's what I mean another parent would be like okay that's silly or oh she's you know she's my crazy one or something like that and you're able to provide a whole nother level of support oh my god that makes me so happy yeah and you know I think that and this is why I'm I'm just constantly looking back and and compare not comparing in you know for comparison's sake but just thinking about how I was with my older two compared to how I am with my younger two because it's almost night and day just when you become aware and you're able to handle things differently and think about things with a different perspective I mean it's my four-year-old's definitely growing up in an environment where, you know, these thoughts and ideas are being nurtured and not being shut down. And there is just a lot more, it's pretty chaotic here, but in a good way. (laughs) Whereas I think with my other kids, you know, there was a lot of chaos and a lot of unknowns going on at the time. So their experience at this age is a lot different than my younger two so it'll be interesting to see how you know that does evolve over time and it's funny I was talking to a friend earlier about this idea of the soul contracts and you know we have both chosen to come to this place where wherever our families are and their ages and It is hard sometimes to not look back and say, if I knew differently then, if I could do things differently, but to to find the trust in the faith that this is the point in time for which it's supposed to be here and 
what can I bring into the experience of, of parenting, of marriage, of friendship right now? Because this is, I've only got where I am right now, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think that, <clears throat> I mean, that's all a part of growing and learning. And, you know, we've taught the four-year-old that, yeah, you do choose your parents and for whatever lessons you need to learn. And so she'll say, you guys are so lucky that, that I chose you <laughs> or, or if she gets a, a gift or something or a treat, this is why I chose you guys as my parents. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. So tell me how you came to create Charging Sky. I know that crystals was sort of your beginning of that business. What is it about crystals and how all that came to be? Oh, it's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> I think that at the very obvious point, I started, I guess I started to listen to a podcast called I'm Spiritual Damn It by Jen Weigel. And I don't know if you're familiar with it. Oh my goodness. I love I'm her. I'm not. Oh, okay. I okay. love that. So it's called I'm Spiritual Damn It. I started listening to it a few years ago and she brings on mediums and psychics and, and, you know, they talk about different experiences and things like that. And so that's kind of when my awareness began to grow just in general of my environment, of my body, of my feelings. And so I started to see the synchronicities more often. And that led me to be more aligned with other people who kind of feel or, or believe the same things. And so my friend, Ashley Bradley, who I've known since high school. Yeah. She actually, I don't even remember why. I think I had, I, I had started writing my blog and I must've written about something <laughs> that prompted her to say, Hey, there's this really cool store house of intuition. I think you'd really like it. And so I looked it up and it had, you know, it's kind of spiritual things and crystals were at the, were one of the things that they sold. And so I started following them on Instagram. I wandered into a live sale that they had. And at the time I was really struggling with like panic attacks and fear at night, migraines. And, and I was also at this time trying to grow my, my blog. And so I wandered into this live and they were talking about the crystals and, and the things that they did. And it just so happened that they were talking about a black amethyst and amethyst is my birthstone, first of all. So I was like, oh, I love amethyst. Yeah. And then because of the hematite inclusion, it's also very protective and grounding and protects you from psychic attacks and helps you with migraines. And I was like, oh. I need this. And I had tried on several occasions to occasions to claim these crystals in this live and none of them were getting through. Other people were getting these crystals. And I finally got one of these black amethysts and I was like, well, it's meant to be, I needed to have this. And then my second one was a flower agate, which is good for new opportunities and growing things that you, you know, from seeds that you've planted. And so I was like, oh, this is great. And from there, it kind of spiraled and just took off. I started getting more into crystals, learning about them, buying them and realized that I really need to fund my crystal habit. And what better way to make money and also be able to help people by having them carry crystals with them all the time and a good creative outlet then make jewelry. So I started to make jewelry and that's where it started. Mm. It's so many synchronicities, so many just beautiful alignment points. I've never heard of a black amethyst before. That's so cool. If you see like amethyst clusters, mm -hmm. they're going to be a lot darker purple. Okay. Because of that dark hematite in it. Right. Um, 
versus like a you know more bright and vibrant purple right it's, it's almost like a dark gray but yeah still so beautiful it feels very mystical very just sort of otherworldly is like the energy that comes off of it okay so you started doing the jewelry and and then how did the the tarot cards or the oracle cards come into so going back to ashley i was following her practical mystic facebook group i was just very interested in it you know like not necessarily for myself as being a reader or healer yet but just I liked I liked the environment it felt good to be in that space for me and I was very interested in learning from these people I joined her business group because I was involved with the crystal business and I thought you know this is spiritual and I think I could get something out of this business group that she has and I ended up going to a meeting where she asked us to not necessarily give readings but hey like are you picking up on anything that this person is saying about their situation and I was so scared (laughs) I was you're like this is not what I signed up for (laughs) I really didn't know what I signed up for (laughs) and so I was like okay what do I do what do I do like what am I thinking and I I've always been really big on um stream of consciousness writing Mm -hmm. and mind dumps so good yeah so I was listening to the woman speak about her situation and I just closed my eyes and I just started writing down things I was seeing, whether it was colors or places or things, whatever it was. And I was like, I'm just going to say them (laughs) and see what it, you know, how it lands. And it ended up being a really powerful exercise. I said these things about what I saw and what I wrote down. And at the end, somebody said, oh, I just want to say that this really brought it together for me because I had been thinking about this and you said this and it really felt complete for me. And it just, it, it really gave me that push to dig deeper and do more of this kind of reading for people, for myself. And so yeah, that was definitely the the turning point for me. I have little goosebump tingles all over. It's so beautiful. And I totally know the place that you're talking about where it's like the information is coming in. You have no idea what it means. You have no idea who it's for. And, and there's just that part of you. It's that bud. It's ready to just open up and you're like, I'm just going to go for it. And then it is the most magical space to realize that the, this, this guidance, this intuition, however it's coming in is something that you've always had. You've always known. And it's so beautiful to be able to tap into that and, and work it like a muscle and get clearer and get stronger and, and learn to trust more and, and learn to see, okay, that's the ego and that's this and that's that. And then play and, oh, it's so good. I love it. So now <laughs> what do you do with, with the readings now? What does a typical reading look like? So what I started to do after that, because that happened and I knew I loved it but I was still scared because it was all the self-doubt. And so in another meeting, a couple of women were like, you just need to practice and you just need to do it. And I knew that I wanted to incorporate going live and I didn't want to deal with all the social media platforms. And so I chose Instagram. And so I started to do reels So I didn't go live yet. I was kind of testing the waters with the videos and I would just make these reels of me pulling a card for the collective in the mornings. And I would just post them just to kind of get that, like you said, that muscle start to to get stronger. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to go live. I'm going to do this. 
And so one Friday, I think it was a Friday evening, I did a, an impromptu live card pull for anybody who wanted to jump in. And it ended up being so amazing. And I had a good number of people come through and I think I did it within an hour. And I had just had such great conversations too with people. And it just made me feel so good and light and free to do it. And not only that, I was just proud of myself for showing up and trying something new. And so I made it a a weekly thing. So now every Friday I go live and I do card pulls for whoever wants it. And if for whatever reason I can't make it that Friday, I'll just have people direct message me that they want a card pull and I'll do it. And then if anybody wants a complete reading, I'll do like a five question reading where they can come up with the question that they want, that it has to be, you know, an open-ended question and I'll pull cards for each question and then write out the reading for those, or I'll do 10 questions, whatever it is that they want. Oh, that's cool. And then are there different decks that you choose between? Yes. My deck collection. (laughs) Yeah. What's happening with that? Definitely grown. So I started out mainly with Oracle. I do have a couple tarot decks. I'm just really drawn more to the Oracle decks as a writer because I really appreciate the interpretation and the time that the creators of these decks took to really like dig and write about what they wanted to express. I definitely have a few go-tos, but I, what I do is I kind of intuitively choose the deck for whoever is looking for the poll. Mm. So if I feel that, you know, it's, really like a a life journey question. I really love the um, Enchanted Map deck by Colette Baron-Reed. If, you know, I have a cool, like, kooky energy, but like really powerful and vibrant, I love the um, Work Your Light deck by Rebecca Campbell. So yeah, I just, depends on who comes in. And how do you get those messages what what are the ways that you are able to is it a knowing do you get visions how are your clairs activating right now that's a great question I guess it's just a knowing more than anything else I do I'm so bad with what the names are but like the smell comes in sometimes and then I didn't realize that Claire empathy is a thing I saw that (laughs) post the other day and I I didn't it was a TikTok or a reel or something that she had posted and I saw that and I was like oh my gosh that makes so much sense to me too because for me, the way I receive it, it is like that knowing, understanding, just being able to pick up from a sensing perspective. But yeah, I feel like it's more all encompassing. That's so cool. I love that you yeah. shared that. Definitely. So that's probably my, my biggest thing. I'll also pick up physical things. So like the throat chakra, I'll get a lot like I'll, and I'll name it as I'm, if I'm live and I'm doing readings, if I'm starting to stumble over my words or my mouth is really dry, I'll name it out loud. And a lot of people will confirm if that's something that they're feeling too. And then I do get images. I don't, I don't know if I'd call them visions, but I have images that come up or words or numbers or something. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Isn't it just so incredibly fun? I feel like it's adult. I'll put adult in quotes. Playtime <laughs> to just explore and see and and try to connect different things or not. Just be, oh, I wonder what's going to happen with this. Or I, I just think there's, there's the magic to letting it flow through, to acknowledging it, to speaking it, to feeling it, to letting it filter through our bodies and then just come back out that is just so special and I love that we're also talking about it like it's no big deal because that's the other thing that I am always so um, in awe of is that when my whole upbringing and all of my 
perception of this realm was so out there and so different and so something that I could never tap into or connect with. And so I just think it's so beautiful. The more people that we connect with who have families and have, whether it be nine to five jobs or these intuitive businesses that we're growing or whatever it is, just to show that it's so much more accessible than, than I ever thought possible. I always thought it was like, you're either all in this or you're all in this. And so my, I really feel called to be able to show the whole spectrum of what it is to be this modern, spiritual, practical, figuring life out kind of person, which it sounds like you can also attest to. It's funny when you were talking about just the magic, everything that you are expressing right now is totally how I am about it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like it's so, it is so magical. And it's just so fun, as you said, to connect the dots. I, so I think back and I'm like, huh, like, could I have seen this coming? Probably not. But I realized looking back that the energy started to shift for me when I was digging into minimalism because my four-year-old, I was on maternity leave with her and I started watching a lot of Netflix shows (laughs) and I came across the Netflix documentary minimalism and I felt so empowered and motivated after watching that documentary that I started to think about, oh, I also read the Marie Kondo book as well around that uh time. Yeah. Okay. I want to dig into this because I'm like low-key obsessed with minimalism. You couldn't tell it now from the status of my desk, but yes, (laughs) the whole, the, the guys and the whole idea of just getting rid of everything I don't know if it's living off the land. I don't know if I'm going as far as like off-grid living, but just that idea of having so much freedom and such little attachment to possession. So, oh my gosh, tell me, I got to (laughs) know. Okay, well, I had already started getting rid of stuff because we had to downsize into a smaller place. And this was back in California. And it felt good, but we still had a lot of stuff. And so... I, my mind made this shift when I was reading that book, the Marie Kondo book and watched this documentary. And all of a sudden I was able to justify getting rid of stuff. And as I got rid of stuff, I could feel that the energy was shifting where you give and make space because that's the whole thing about minimalism right like you make space for the things that really matter so whether that's physical space or just time in your day or you know relationships I started feeling really good about you know whether it was giving other people our stuff who really needed it or selling something that was of value to someone else and which helped us pay our bills, you know, those kinds of things were just obvious that that was a good shift. And then I could just see that things started to change just on the bigger scale from having this new mindset and this new perspective, because I have a lot of stuff still, (laughs) but I know that if I need to, I can get rid of that stuff and be okay with it. The, the main thing that was really hard, which is hard for a lot of people are sentimental things. And I love how Marie Kondo talks about it in her book, because it's very much the sentimentality of it is in the exchange, right? Like the value is in the exchange. Someone gifted you something because that's what they wanted to give you. That was their energy that they wanted to give you. And you accepted it. And that was your piece of it. And if it's now sitting on a shelf and you just don't want to get rid of it because you feel bad because somebody gave it to you, 
like that isn't doing anything for that item. And if you're able to release it, because you don't need to hold on to that for it to have done its job, Mm. you know? And so maybe it can move on and bring joy to someone else. And so when I was able to finally work through that, I mean, it was just so freeing and so wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. I I'm so activated right now. I literally just looked at the time and I was like, okay, how many hours can I spend the rest of the day in cleaning through stuff? That is the activation. So thank you for sending that. It has been received because I do think that it is still a block for so many of us that want to hold on to the thing, whether it be a gift from somebody else. One of the things that I get hooked into is, well, I loved this. I spent money on this. This used to be important to me. And so it's this element of really physically acknowledging the change, the growth, whatever it was that the time has changed. And so I love when you thank it, you hold the object and then you send it on its way. And her new show, which is only a few episodes, which is super cute, also about just her intentionality behind everything that she does is so inspiring to me. And so now I'm dying to know, because before we started to record, you had mentioned the secondhand stuff. So is that, did the minimalism and the consciousness and the energy shifting all get birthed into this new thing that you're going to be doing? I think that on the wider scale, yes. Okay, because um, in my mind, that's what's happened. <laughs> and I'm then, also picturing yes. you like <laughs> taking an item and infusing it with like clearing it, infusing it with new energy and matching it with somebody else that wants it. Oh, I love that. So that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I love it. So I have spent a lot of time on Instagram with focusing on the business there. And also pouring into other small businesses and artists. I have started following these people and developing relationships with them. I'm really, really, really all about supporting local and just supporting small in general. Um, And like helping wherever I can. So you mentioned the secondhand thing that I'm working on. So that kind of started because... I had started following a lot of vintage resellers locally and also just nationwide. And I started to then kind of go into clothing and I was like, oh, this is amazing. This is awesome. And I I did more research into it. And I've always loved thrifting. I have always loved my buy nothing groups on Facebook to give things that I don't need anymore to other people. <clears throat> and then also receive things that they don't need anymore. It's, it's again, with just letting that energy flow and it's so important. And so um, I felt such a strong urge. Like I, I couldn't focus on anything else for the last three weeks. Like <laughs> I have just been pulled and pulled to start this shop that I want to be a part of this movement of secondhand first. So yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm so, so excited. I'm looking to open in November. Will it be a physical shop or will it be a virtual shop? It will be virtual. I love the idea. And this is again with minimalism of making things as simple as possible in every aspect of life. And so for me, that makes the most sense. Flexibility is really important. Yeah. Um, Do it from anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. And yeah, so I guess in a way (laughs) that's where it came from. And speaking of clothing, I really got into the project 333 that Courtney Carver created. And that's, are you familiar with that? Yes, but tell everybody. So where I want to say it's every three months, you only wear 33 items and Mm -hmm. that includes jewelry. It doesn't include, 
I think loungewear or intimates. And so I did that. And I think my husband did it too with me years ago when we first got into minimalism. And it was again, liberating to get rid of those things in your closet that those, you know, someday clothes, like the capsule sort of dressing, you really don't need all the things that we have. You can just mix and match and relayer and, and you only wear the same things over and over anyway. And that was the thing that she did. She did this experiment where she went into work every day for three months and only wore 33 items, mixing and matching and nobody noticed. Right. And so then she, you know, continued on with that. And I, I absolutely love it. When I was living in California, I really didn't need a capsule wardrobe because there weren't real seasons, <laughs> but being now in Boise, I'm definitely going to do that. I haven't looked at my closet in a while, but I'll need to start doing that because I do now have like winter clothes and summer clothes. So that's really exciting. What is the spiritual community like there? Hmm. That's a great question. I think because of the pandemic and working from home for so long, I'm I'm just tuned into the <laughs> internet community of yeah. it all. I've been just so fortunate to meet people through different groups or communities through Facebook or Instagram where they do have this same lifestyle or thought process and, you know, all of these ideas. So locally I have found some groups and people who are open to it. I haven't really met with them (laughs) yet, but yeah, I'm hoping that that will happen one day. I think that would be really nice. My impression of the area is it's definitely very land focused and being in tune with nature and seasons and more just like a different level of maybe mother earth connection than, than some of us have who are like, you know, super in the cities. Well, and I love that you say that because I know that we were meant to come here. Yeah. I think for that purpose, I'm originally from New York in Brooklyn and I just, I have such a deep love for it and that city life. And then I moved to Southern California, which is a bit more nature centric than than Brooklyn, but still very close to the city, lots going on in LA, San Diego. So it was definitely like an in-between point. And then coming to Boise, which I absolutely love the downtown area because it's so accessible versus living in Orange County where you had to drive an hour to get to LA or drive two hours to San Diego. But there's a lot And this is, again, where minimalism comes in. There's a lot less. So there's not as many. I mean, I know people are moving here now, but there's still not as many people walking around. There's not as many venues. There's not as much stimulation. And so it's a much more peaceful. And then if you were able, you drive 15 minutes to get to the middle of nowhere, or you drive an hour to get to the mountains or even 45 minutes. I mean, it's so cool because there's everything you could possibly want within several minutes. So, and it's the gem state. (laughs) Oh my God. I did not know that. Wow. Talk about kismet. Yeah. I know. And I was told that it's right along like the vibrational belt or something. So there's a lot here vibrationally. And I mean, you can just feel it. Like you just feel I'm getting chills you feel the the magic in the air here it's really it's really cool okay well let me know when you have your retreat there and I will come visit because that sounds incredible the stimulation effect is a real syndrome that I am trying to break from it is too much all the time the idea of going where nobody else nobody else is. And I mean, wherever you go, there you are. I know that (laughs) I will, I will bring my, my tornado of energy with me, but I feel so strongly the call to just simplify, clear the physical clutter, the mental, the emotional, the, even the spiritual clutter. I was just talking earlier about 
really pulling in that circle of where I get information from cultivating, clearing out. There's just, it's too much. And then it's just too easy for me to get knocked off this grounded middle space. And so even saying, yes, I like you. And I even could love what you're saying, but I need less, less in, in points, <laughs> less, less points where I'm letting outside forces come in. So I love that you're in a space where that is, it's just easier to do when there's less things around you. It's just a matter of life. It was funny. I went to Arizona recently with my daughter to look at colleges and we had to get some, you know, things for our Airbnb and we went to Target. We had not been to a Target in, I mean, maybe since last Christmas time, months, because there are Targets here, but it's just not across the street <laughs> where it used to be when we were in California. And I just thought that was so interesting how, I mean, Target. <laughs> It's such a way of life for so many people. And yet I haven't stepped foot inside. Now, granted, there was, you know, social things happening, but it was just interesting to me that you're right. There's there's a lot less to distract yourself with yeah. mm-hmm. in a place that's smaller. Right. Right. In many ways, it's bigger. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's wider. It's more open. I love that. Tell everybody where they can find you and how they can connect with you and follow along on your expanding journey. Definitely. So my Instagram handle is at charging sky and the secondhand shop is at slow drop shop. And I do have a website where my blog lives. It's actually noanswershere.com. I love that. <laughs> I don't claim to know everything. And so <laughs> you'll just find my musings there. But yeah, and you can contact me through any number of ways through those channels. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here and sharing so much of your light and your story. I know it's going to touch so many people and resonate and just be another part of our little ripples that we send out into the world. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was so awesome speaking with you. Thank you all so much for listening to the Open to Alchemy podcast. You can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse at open.to.alchemy. That's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.